What do you think, Joe? Who? Let's go to the very bottom. We're going to find him. I feel, like we're, I feel like we're just about to come out of left field with this one. All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days, the game of clubs and tees never crossed my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to another episode of the Turn Golf Podcast. I'm Andrew Putters. I got Joe Nicely here, lead editor at rotoballer.com. Joe, we are uh, approach, fastly approaching the halfway point of the golf season. Uh, rotoballer.com, we got some stuff going on for the summer. And uh, getting fired up. Everybody's already starting to dive into this football since we're post-draft season. Uh, we're, we got it going on over at rotoball.com. And, um, yeah, talk about that for a minute. Yeah, man, uh, football never sleeps. If you're a big football fan, you can you can come over and check out our content on that. We have it year-round, uh, dropping stuff throughout this week. Um, baseball, uh, we, we got you covered. Got, got great riders over there covering baseball. And, of course, golf, uh, myself, Spencer Aguiar, uh, Byron Lindeke, the model maniac, uh, a couple of great contributors and Matt Miller doing uh, live articles. That article just went up tonight. You can check that out free. Um, Ian McNeil's doing some good stuff. Josh Bennett does his course breakdown. So we got just an amazing lineup of riders, uh, tremendous content. We feel like it's some of the best in the industry, uh, lots of free stuff. And you can also sign up for our premium packages. We've got three different options for you over there. Use our promo code TURN. You'll save 10% on that. Um, huge summer events coming up, AP. we still got two majors left, um, and we take you all the way through the FedEx Cup Championship. So visit rotoballer.com. Use our promo code TURN to sign up, and we think you'll be glad that you did. Yeah, live Tours got some stuff to talk about now. So, Joe, let's just go ahead and dive right in. PJ Championship, I've listened to a few podcasts over the last couple of days. Um PJ Championship, what were your thoughts? And uh, and I can follow up on that after you uh, give me yours. Brooks Cash, yeah, uh, block party, everything. Tough, tough not to uh, just kind of lead things off with Brooks Kepka. He's back. Um, we, we've talked about it on this show, kind of his struggles uh, physically, mentally. Been a very long road for him. I actually think Liv's been good for him, let him get healthy um, and play in a kind of a more stress-free environment. We know Brooks never really cared about regular event tour events anyway. Um, so I think in Brooks's case, it's actually probably been good for him to let him kind of get healthy, uh, gain some confidence. Get, I think that's such an important part of his game is, is the mental side and his confidence. I believe that's back. Uh, we saw that at the Masters, even though he couldn't finish things off. And uh, we talked about on here last week, man, I had, had Spencer and Byron on with me, and, and we talked about the course fit. It was just perfect. Um, set up perfectly, uh, so reminiscent of, of courses where he's played well, like Beth Page, um, Shinnecock. Um, so just really liked what he did, man. And and five majors now, AP. Uh, we're getting into kind of historical territory, um, more than Rory. Um, so it's it's pretty pretty inter- interesting um, as, as far as kind of the modern guys. Brooks is is leading the way once we take take Tiger out of the equation. So. Um, be interesting to see what he can do the rest of the year. I mean, I think he's certainly in play uh, at the U.S. Open. Um, I don't know that LACC is going to suit his strengths, but, uh, you know, anything can happen. And then uh, we've seen him play well in Open Championships. So, you know, not out of the picture for Brooks to maybe be in contention for another major this year. 
Um, as far as the rest, man, the block party, really cool story. Uh, got it, man. We're kind of getting on like day four or whatever, <laughs> and we're going to see it throughout this week at Colonial. So, you know, it's it's kind of running its course with me, <laughs> but uh, but a very cool story. Uh, seems like a great dude. Very, very excited for him. Um, really cool that he gets to play this week, and hopefully he can keep it going. But uh, that, that's all I'm going to kind of touch on with that, man, because we're, we're kind of getting – we're getting down in the nitty gritty with the block story. Yeah, I mean, I guess guy shoots, you know, two eighty one, the major, um, pretty neat. But really, to top it off, playing with Rory on Sunday, holding one on fifteen. You know, now he's probably gonna get exempt, and I mean, he's probably gonna play it like the mask mat. You have to think he'll play in the max sponsor exemptions the rest of the year, right? But uh, and and more so, what's neat is that the country club, you know, the, his home club backing him up. Um, and yeah, just the support he's gotten overall. And I, I'm fine with, you know, some of the, the one-liners and stuff, whatever. I've heard them all because I've, like I said, I've watched a bunch of podcasts because I was wanting to hear more about the story, right? Uh, before, uh, but yeah, you're right. There's been a lot of talk about it. Maybe we'll just leave it at that, but it's still a great story. Uh, I, I did like, you know, he's sitting there telling all the pros, you know, the PJ members are, I did this for you guys, did it for you guys. Pretty cool, pretty cool story. And uh, even though, you know, he had been saying if he even had an opportunity, he probably would uh, just go back to the to the shop uh, over being on tour full time. So, but uh, definitely he's got some serious game. He just don't hit it far, right? Um, which, like he said, this golf course will set up for him this week. Uh, real quick, uh, let's do some laundry here. You've already mentioned rotobar.com, everything to do for the turn. Uh, right now, you can watch us. You're probably watching live on one of five places LinkedIn, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, if you're on there, uh, like, share, comment, send us an email, do something, uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, we'd appreciate it. So, PJ Championship, I'm, I'm going to talk about something. I heard, uh, listened to some press conferences this past week, Joe, uh, at the PGA. Um, it's very surprised there wasn't. I felt like the reporters took it pretty easy on Brooks after he won, uh, and they took it real easy on Zach Johnson before the tournament started, uh, talking about Ryder Cup stuff. Um, then we could have, I could have, I could have made a statement that. Brooks, maybe, you know, he's played better this year, but, you know, DJ definitely. Now we're definitely Brooks, maybe, most likely. DJ, who knows? Um, and then they got that PJ. I love the PJ uh, of America, but the, the, the president or whatever gets up there in the booth and just what he vomited out all that nonsense. And then wouldn't even shake Brooks's hand after the tournament. What class, classless uh, people we're dealing with here. But the reporters took it pretty easy on Zach Johnson. I would actually recommend anybody going up there to watch it, check it out, and see what his answers were. Uh, but from, from the vibe that he was kind of given from the microphone, and he said the best players are going to play. Um, and I don't see how if, if Brooks – plays off of the rest of the year, there's no way he'll even ball. But um, but now, anyway, Zach Johnson's press conference made me think of this. 
it just to me, this is the vibe we got. We know what the Masters is, right? It's Augusta National every year. We know what the Open Championship is, six, seven course rotation across the pond. I kind of have this feeling that, like, the PGA Championship should be, like, the really, really good historic uh, country clubs that we know. And then the U.S. Open should be these big, you know, these the public courses. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Like, you know, Shinnecock, let's take Shinnecock out of the U.S. Open. It needs to be a PGA Championship venue. Uh, that just kind of gives that more of that feel to me. I mean, yeah, have you ever I, you thought about that? Yeah, I kind of like the vibe of, like, you know, the U.S. Open being played on public courses. Um, you know, we've seen it with uh, with Beth Page, obviously, um, Tory Pines. But, you know, I guess there's just Pebble. I mean, it's public, but it's very expensive. But. And Pinehurst, same thing. Um, but, yeah, I like the idea of that. I think there's a lot of history that, that probably makes that kind of impossible. Um, you know, they're always going to play – want to play Opens at Wingfoot. They're always going to want to play Opens at Shinnecock um, just because of the history. But I do like the idea. And, I mean, we've had some really good PGA championships um, in recent years. When you start thinking back, um, I thought Kia was – I thought this year was great. Um, it was a little more U.S. Open lot, but good. Um, the golf course was great. Um, Kiowa was awesome. Um, I think everybody would agree on that. Um, Harding Park was fun. So I mean, we've had some had some really good PGAs. Um, so you know, I like the road to the courses we've seen lately. Um, I think we've got some interesting ones coming up. So um, just feeling really good about the majors here lately, man. Yeah. It seems like we've kind of been on a on a heater. Uh, some would argue how exciting this one was. Don't want to, don't want to skip over Victor Hovland, man. Uh, tip of the hat to him. Played really, really tough, and I've been super impressed with what kind of where Vic's game has went this year, where it's gone this year in the majors, a T seven at the Masters, and then hung really, really tough. Got a bad break in that bunker, but um, I mean, he hung right in there, punch for punch with Brooks um, to to finish tied for t- tied for second. So. Um, tip of the cap to Victor. Definitely want to give him a shout out. Um, tip of the cap to Scotty hanging in there. Bad Saturday for him. Uh, but another great result, you know, for those rostering and DFS, a, a T2, got to be pretty happy with. Um, so some some really good things. Um, we got a lot of things right last week. Uh, Spencer and Byron and I talked about a lot. We got a lot of things right. We got some things wrong. Obviously missed on John Rom. I think know everybody was kind of shocked by by how poorly Ron played um you know it's a tough golf course and not a huge surprise to see some guys kind of bomb out but really surprising with how Ron's played I felt like uh, that was probably my big miss and Ricky Fowler was a big miss for me last week um so I had definitely had some big misses um Brooks was my horse and horse for the course article so felt felt really good about that had Scotty in there as well so Kind of a mixed bag for me, man, taken away from the, the PGA Championship. So what I heard in that whole spiel there is that the PGA of America has done a way better job than the USGA in course setup over the last five to ten years. I would I would agree with that statement. I think that's correct. Yeah. I think uh, I think you're seeing the U.S. Open, a kinder, gentler U.S. Open uh, is what we're going to see, what we've seen recently. Um, I think – by all accounts, probably what we're going to see at LACC this year. 
I'm hearing great things about it, but it's I'm hearing that's kind of different from some traditional U.S. Open type layouts. Um, so it'll be be really cool to see what that offers. Um, but yeah, man, I've really liked what the PGA's doing. Southern Hills last year, um, Unbelievable. really cool. Yeah. So I mean, I like what the PGA's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and shout out to our boy Stallings getting a little walk down talk, five minute talk on the with the earbud and uh you know yeah, man, saw that. kind of threw out you know the art course here that's reminiscent same designer don ross you know i mean it it definitely on tv i'm not saying that not that holston's anywhere to that level of golf course but very very similar feel or look when you're looking out off the tee boxes might yeah. be four or five hundred yards shorter that's basically it joe uh, uh well i'm gonna take it back there's a lot more funkier. That was still in his era where he designed greens that were four foot above the fairway. And at Holston, it's not like that. So, but yeah, um, very felt like Holston looking out there. And I, I could see how Scott made that reference, uh, which uh, shout out to Knoxville Open this weekend. That's where the uh, KFT or uh, Corn Ferry Tour is this week here at Holston Hills. It's uh, literally as a bird flies about 1.3 miles from my house. Can't believe I'm not. I cannot believe I'm not a member there. Um, uh, shout out to the Brook showing out on Monday qualifying. Uh, Ryan Hall, Jake Hall, two boys from our country club. Uh, one's a senior at UT and one's a turn pro last summer. Um, uh, those boys can play. Uh, so uh, look out. And then University of Tennessee's Caleb Surratt. There's a few other Tennessee guys in there. Uh, West Roach making his debut back from off the injury. A former PGA member. So, uh, Boo Weekly, I think, is making a show on. Then, uh, former VFL, can't think of his name. Anyway, won the state open, state and back to back years, I think. Anyway, former t- Tennessee uh, golfer also playing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Knoxville Open, man, it's, it's, uh, it gets, I would say Holston gets probably the best pub from the players on social media that play it every year so uh if you get a chance to look it up it's not gonna be on tv or nothing but great golf course great tournament and uh was this is the third year right joe there yeah third year i think at holston big um, big one it's it's a little little gym man a little donald ross gym um Short by modern standards, but a really cool golf course. Glad the uh, Corn Ferry Tour is coming here. Uh, I'm going to try my best to get over there at least for one day this this year. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty pure. Uh, I mean, yeah. they get it set perfect, too. So, uh, Caleb Surratt, you know, won the uh, UT golfer that won the uh, individual medalist in the SEC championship. Uh, player. Absolute player. Absolute stud. Uh, Runner-up in the U.S. Junior Am last year, I think it was. Uh, so he beat out, you know, Sam Bennett and Gordon Sargent, whatever, in the SEC tournament. I mean, he got a stud, absolute yeah. stud. Shot 61, I think, to 9, 10, 11 under. Heck, I don't know. Uh, uh, Ryan, but Rhino went to a four, uh, eight for three in the playoff. And then it got down to two for one in him. They ended up playing four holes. Got done about nine o'clock last night. I was pacing in the garage waiting for the text to come through from uh, from from Josh Collins. 
but uh, I was I was texting everybody I knew that might be there. Anybody out there? Anybody out there? Anybody know what's going on? But uh, yeah, so uh, and then of course Jake shot sixty three at uh, Three Ridges, so uh, which is the host of the Knox County Amateur, which I'm playing in, in a couple of weeks. So anyway, played in the Beaverbrook Invitational last weekend, Joe. My game is not back. You were you were playing hurt, buddy. We're going to put an asterisk on this one. Uh, double eye infection. So we're going to give you a pass. Uh, you still still played. What did you shoot? 73, 76? 73, 76. Five doubles. <laughs> decision making, sir. Decision making. Decision making and inept timing on some of the swings. First day, back got it, you know, back to one over going to 17, you know. Got like 84 yards, something, hit a little wedge in there. Thinking I flagged it and it took pouring rain. Lands on the back edge of the green, goes over an 18 T box, double 73. If I, yeah, I, I, I saw I flagged I, it. Yeah, I, I saw I, you doubled 17. I was wondering how you did that. I just assumed you hit 10B on 17. A bomb drive out there, uh, front left pin. I was on the right 11 fairway. Uh, right, I mean, just, just, I mean, just right over the flag. Hits down slope, goes up on 18T. If I, you know, flag that, make birdie, I'm in the last group. So, uh, Josh Collins 01, two under, uh, birdie 17. Then on 18, Will Collins uh, shot 66. He had an eight footer for birdie, lift out. And Cody Johnson had about a four footer for birdie on 18 and lift out. It was a great tournament, man. Great, uh, great tournament, usual. All uh, the Beaver boys play like they do. <laughs> they play good so um yeah good tournament 73 76 not very good five over after four five over after four the second day got it back to like two and then snapped it out of bounds on 14 so yeah just a rough weekend for a poor boy but half blind my eyes are better this one's still a little swollen i got them on drops for another three weeks it's pretty bad. It was bad. Eye infection got down in my throat. Have you ever had eye infection that had it down in your throat? That's how bad it was. Um, but hey, Friday and Saturday, Friday and Sunday, best weather we've had in months. So let's talk golf, Joe. We, we got these people on here for DFS. We're over here yapping about everything else. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they care. They, they can't, they can't find the the Beaverbrook invitation on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, nobody's worried about that. We're uh, but we're catching up. It's been we hadn't hadn't had a chance to talk much. AP's been one or the weather, and we we both been super busy. So we're we're catching up a little bit yeah. here. So we appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Colonial AP. Colonial, okay. Charles Schwab Challenge. This is the uh, it is it debuted nineteen forty six, uh, seventy seven years ago. Every single time it has been played, it has been played at this golf course, the Colonial Country Club, an official event hosted by Ben Hogan for many of years. Uh, the, one of the honors of this tournament is uh, getting the Scottish tartan plaid blazer put on your you get if you win. Uh, Colonial also hosts the 1975 Tour Championship, 1941 U.S. Open, and 1991 U.S. Open. Um, it debuted as the Colonial National Invitational. Uh, it's in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, pretty famous for Arnakin Sorensen trying to make, try, uh, who 
they played here first woman to play in a tournament in 58 years uh only time it has not played i'm looking at i think is 2020 covid year right no, they played. I think this was the this was the first one back. Yeah, yeah, June June eleventh through fourteenth. My bad. Yeah, yeah. This this was the first one back. I think from COVID. Yeah, one of our one of our really 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 famous favorite tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, so nineteen seventy five is the only year they played it, and 49-75, The only two years they played, didn't play it. So um, had several different names, but yeah. Uh, this, this is one of our favorite tournaments for sure. Um, pulling up the fact sheet, uh, par 70, 7209, stint meter 12 to 13, bent greens in Texas, which is kind of weird, which is probably why these guys, uh, go pretty low, you know, uh, tournament record here is 21 under, uh, we're going to see mid to high teens. I'd imagine if we have good weather, um, and we're 13 to 16 under, that's what I'm guessing. Um, yeah, Bermuda everywhere but the greens, which is how we like golf courses in East Tennessee. So uh, uh, designed in 1936 by Perry Maxwell and John uh, Bredemus. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, no redesigns here. Uh, it's the longest running event on the PGA Tour that's been hosted at the same location, which is pretty strong. Uh, and this golf tournament ain't going nowhere, folks. So if you don't like this tournament, you just ain't gonna like this week every year because this thing it's gonna be here till the PGA Tour is no more. But uh, yeah, we we love it because it brings everybody in the field in. Uh, and I've given out a lot of facts about this tournament, Joe. And this of course, if you want to add anything in there about why you like this tournament, uh, why it kind of speaks to you, and and uh, why we like to follow things like this. Yeah, um, you hit a lot there, AP. A lot of great stuff there. It's just uh, just an old school. Uh, golf course man uh, which i really like where uh you know kind of everybody in the fields in play as you mentioned from a dfs perspective kind of makes it tough makes it fun i feel like everybody's got a shot um you know it's not just one of those courses like we kind of saw last week in oak hill where the bombers are just going to go out and, and be the only ones with a serious chance to compete um this is a positional golf course um you have to know where to be um in order to kind of have a, an angle on your second shot um, so I'm definitely leaning course history this week. Um, definitely leaning accuracy and precision over power. Um, although we saw, we've seen long guys play well here. Sam Burns won this event last year. Uh, Tony Fina, a player we'll talk about, we've seen play really well here. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not like long guys can't play well. Um, but the cool thing is that the short guys can compete here. Um, and there are some guys that we'll specifically talk about with good course history at Colonial. So, yeah, man, love this golf course. Old school. Love the vibe. Um, let's get into it, man. I'm ready to go. This, this is one of the better tournaments we have uh, on the PGA Tour schedule, in my opinion. Yeah, so uh, good field this week. for uh, This is a non-elevated event. A yeah, very good field. Uh, very strong field. Haven't looked it up on the World Golf Rankings as far as the field strength yet. Um, but, yeah, great field. A um, couple of notable notables that we're gonna definitely hit on uh, that that uh, got to be fan favorites and uh, and that's Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. We'll talk about both of those guys, but they'll be they'll be at home this week. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into it. 10K. Well, yeah, do 10K and above, but the top one really don't count because he's 11.5. Scotty Scheffler 11.5. Tony Finau 10.7. Vic Coughlin 
Morikawa, Homa. That's your 10K and above, Joe. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think we can probably just go ahead and throw Jordan Spieth in there too, man. Um, to me, he's a 10K-plus player this week uh, with the course history. Uh, former winner here just absolutely lives in the top 10 in this event. So I would, I would, you know, kind of consider Jordan Spieth in that 10K range. Um, kind of surprising to see him at 9,900, honestly. I think, I think with his course history, uh, with the form he's shown this year, I think he's going to get a ton of ownership. Just kind of tossing out. You know, on Tuesday with with where I think things will shake out, I imagine Spieth's going to be really popular. Um, but Scotty Scheffler's in a league of his own, man. Um, I, I think you can put him a tier above, um, even though we mentioned this is a really good field, really strong players up at the top. Um, I, I think Scotty's in a league of his own, man. Lost in a playoff here last year to Sam Burns. Um, so, you know, shown that he can play this golf course well. Um, from Texas, coming in off a of, off a of T two at the PGA, um, and, and he just pretty much ranks first across the board, Andrew, in every statistical area. Anything you want to toss out, uh, chances are Scotty Scheffler ranks first in this field at least over the last twenty four rounds. I'm talking T to green, ball striking, off the T approach, uh, DraftKings points scored. Scotty's first in all those, um, so it's it's pretty fitting that he's the only player above eleven K. Um, because it does feel like he's in his own tier this week. Um, and then down below him, you know, between Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth, uh, two guys that I really like, there, there's a kind of a little, little pack of players that are really, really good. Tony Finau has excellent course history. Uh, might not think that kind of the, the profile fits for Tony, but played really well here um, at Colonial. A couple top fives um, over the last five years for Finau. Coming off his worst outing of the year, really, at the PGA, surprisingly how bad he played. Um, but I, I like for him to bounce back this week, look for that to happen. And then uh, mentioned Victor Hovland a few minutes ago, man, just so, so impressive um, how well he played last week. Um, this golf course on paper sits up beautifully for him. He's an excellent ball striker from tee to green. couple top 25s uh, in the two times he's played it, but hadn't really spiked here yet. Um, I do wonder about the fatigue factor. He's a young guy. Um, I'm sure he's hungry to win and, and kind of keep the good momentum going, but it, but you do have to wonder how much that, that runner-up finish last week took out of him. And then Colin Morikawa, we saw him coming off COVID. We mentioned that a minute ago um, in that first tournament back, lost in the playoff to Daniel Berger. Um, and another guy that just on paper is a tremendous ball striker. We know how well he hits the irons. Um, and basically, it's just all going to come down to the putter for Morikawa. Can he make enough putts to win? Um, you feel like the ball striking is going to be excellent. So, a lot to lock up here at the top, man. I, I love Scotty, love Jordan. Um, and then, you know, you really can't go wrong uh, up here above 10K, in my opinion, this week. So, it, it kind of comes down to preference. Um, you got any thoughts, AP, up here? Um, which, which direction you're going. Maybe you can help me narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I think that um, right here on this course, uh, with this this power lineup up here at top, and you're including Spieth in that, this would be like the perfect spot where like, oh, and Spieth is going to like pop, right? Uh, unfortunately, I would think that most people think that as well, so his ownership might be pretty high. He's a local favorite. Uh, he's going to be at home. So uh, he's going to be talked about on every podcast in America about this week. Unfortunately, we're still, we still dealing with a little wrist injury, right? So that kind of throws that narrative out of the window for me. Um, Scotty Sheffield, 11-5. I mean, I, we know stats are stats. The dude is a beast. He's probably going to finish 
uh, top three this week, right? But uh, we might not need him in our lineup to win. So I'm, I'm probably in this range. I'm going Colin Morikawa in this. One. I feel like he's going to be majorly overlooked. I'm not picking Homer because um, he just hasn't had great finishes outside the West Coast consistently. Excuse me, consistently great finishes. And uh, let's be honest, he's 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 uh, his stock has went down considerably over here in the last month or so. So, but so I'm I'm really I think Colin Morikawa is probably going to get overlooked in this price range after last week. Tony Finau's name, Scotty Sheffer, Jordan Spieth. He's sandwiched in there with everybody, and I'm just hoping his ownership's going to be low, and I'm going to snack him up and try to steal one here. That's all I got on the 10K and above on that. Um, moving on down this 9K range, Joe, Siwoo Kim, Chris Kirk, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose. Love Rosie on this course, even though he missed the cut last year. Sun J.M., Sam Burns. Sam Burns, uh, last year's winner. Um, this is pretty sticky right here, Joe. What are we going to do right here, man? Love, Rose. Love the idea, Bob. Yeah, yeah um, I love uh, I love the bottom end of this range, man. I, I'm just, uh, you know, we already talked about Jordan Spieth, so I won't spend any more time on him, but uh, I love the bottom end of this range, man. I'm going to have a ton of exposure to Rosie. Love the way he's playing. Love the fit. Uh, love veterans on this track. Former winner here, one here in 2018, had a T3 in 2020, um, has played extremely well at Colonial, played extremely well this year. Um, and I love Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I know, you know, kind of all the arguments. He never wins. I, I get it. Trust me, I've been there. Um, I still love him. And I love Chris Kirk, our boy Chris Kirk. Um, I will have a bunch. Of former, also a former winner at Colonial. This course suits him perfectly. So, those three are definitely my favorite in the nine Ks. I, I never get Sam Burns right. Tell you know, tell me if you have a different thought on Sam Burns, but I, I mean, just can't I love, put a finger on that guy. The only thing that would scare me about Sam Burns is his play this year or his play in the last, you know, since the tour championship. That would be the only thing to get me about him. Uh, if you think about it, I mean, pure iron player, he's next level. Uh but he seems to be a little bit streaky with his scoring. I'm not saying his putting, but just with his scoring. Uh, you know, where maybe it might be a little off on this part of his game or that. Seems of as of late. Um, what's crazy to me is that you think Siwoo Kim would play great here. Um, do you not think Siwoo Kim, since he got married, has been wildly inconsistent, even though he's had great finishes, but wildly inconsistent, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of a continuation of who who he is as a player. I mean, we, we we've seen these ebbs and flows throughout his career. Um, so yeah, he's always a GP kind of in the GPP conversation for me in a lot of modern golf courses, but, um, you know, I'm not, not super surprised by the volatility. It's, it's been an up and down roller coaster type of year for him. And we've, we've kind of seen it throughout his career. I just, I don't know that Siwoo's ever going to find that consistency. Gotcha. Um, now a couple of players we think would play it really well here at times, Ricky Fowler, Henley, McCarthy, Cameron Davis. Tom Hoagie, Mewoo Lee, Cage Lee, Ryan Harmon, Steven Yeager, Taylor Moore, and a plethora of missed cuts last year in this little group. But uh, right here at the top, Henley Fowler, you would think would uh, play this golf course pretty well, Joe. Um, but really, in, in all in all, uh, first look, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not seeing it right now from this crew uh, right now. 
Um, we having a bounce back Cam Davis day at uh, 8,600. He's way better talent-wise than all these guys. Uh, where are you at here, yeah. man? <clears throat> yeah, Cam Davis is my favorite this week. Um, T7 at this golf course last year and, and last year's Schwab, and he, and he made a nice little run at the PGA, um, had a strong final round there and a, and a nice finish for him. So um, I'm circling Cam Davis for me here. Um, that's that's going to be my favorite. Um Ricky Fowler and Russell Henley both just absolutely torched me last week, which I don't like to I don't like to hang on to that that recency bias. Um so I don't wanna kind of kind of cross them out just because of that. I don't want to have an emotional reaction to what they did to me last week. But as you mentioned, AP, you, you would think on paper a really good course fit for both these guys. Not really been the case, um, at least not, you know, in the last five years or so. Um, so you know, I, I can give or take Ricky or Henley. I don't have strong feelings about them this week like I did last week. Obviously, their prices are both much, much higher. Saw them in the mid to low 7Ks last week. Now you're looking at, at them in the mid to mid to high 8K range. Um, I would rather pivot down to some plays that I prefer in the 7s and maybe spend up in the 9s. Um, so, you know, I've heard some people talk about Min, Min Woo Lee. I think he's a very talented player. He's a, he's a really good shot shaper, especially for a young player. Um, Steven Yeager, we, who we love, is, is having a breakout year. Same can be said of Taylor Moore, who's been really impressive. Um, already has a win this year. So um, Cameron Davis for me with with giving a look to Steven Yeager and Taylor Moore. Yeah, like that call. Um, like that call, Joe. Moving on to the 7K range, as we always say in the value range, there's too many names to mention, so we'll just throw out a few. Um, guy who's had not had no, – no. Not had a lot of success here in the past, Joe, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have him in there and uh, the guy that I have been talking about a few times here and there that I think and um, you know I feel like I can just come around this golf course and shoot you know a couple three under every round and maybe not being in it for a chance to win, but definitely top twenty and you're getting down here in the seven K range makes sense and that's been been Ann Joe. Uh, of course, we're gonna like uh, Brendan Todd with his style of play um, um, for this course. Davis Riley makes sense, Joe. Um, after that, in the 7K range, I might be able to do a couple flyers with like an Eric Cole. I like that name here. Yeah. Um, uh, Andrew Putnam's had a couple of good finishes in the last five years, uh, but, you know, he's uh, he, he's about 50-50 on making a cut. But um, – Really, as you get down here in the 7K range, especially on this course, Joe, we're going to want guys that, you know, hit the ball pretty straight, mm -hmm. uh, hit good iron shots, putt well, play well around the greens. We are looking for a more complete game here, Joe, and not necessarily a bomber thing is going to help you. Uh, kind of surprised Matthew Neesmith hadn't had more success here in his, uh, his history. Yeah, thank you. Just, uh, thank you. I think you just kind of named off Brennan Todd. <laughs> I mean, you kind of checked all his boxes. Um, he's, a, he's a player that I, I don't play a lot. We we know this. Uh, I'm not a Todd hater, but I, I just don't think his game's viable on a lot of the modern golf courses. But, uh, yeah, a, a lot of the, the box boxes that you mentioned, AP, Brennan Todd really checks this week um, as far as hitting fairways. Um Really good proximity numbers from the from the yardages that will be important this week, and, and a really good putter had a third place here last year in a T eight, 
here in 2021. So really like Brendan Todd this week. This is one of those weeks where I'm, I'm giving him the green light. Um, I know our boy Byron really loves uh, his fellow South African Christian Bazadenhout. Um, Byron is all over him this week, and, and with good reason. The ball striking numbers are are eye opening um, when when you start looking at his recent uh, ball striking form. And he had a T fifteen here last year. Um, I really like Emiliano Grillo. I think he's very volatile. Um, but before last week, where he shot about a million at the PGA Championship, um, he was in a really nice groove. The irons have been clicking, um, and the course history here is really, really nice. Had a third place here in 2018, followed that up with a T19, and then had a T8 in 2021. Um, so Grio is a volatile player, um, but a guy that I'll roster in GPPs because I love the upside we get uh, for 7-7 seven, seven here. Um, and as you mentioned, man, you mentioned <clears throat> some guys down towards the bottom. These are, are players that we've seen kind of break out a little bit this year. Um, I would put Hayden Buckley in that category. Uh, you mentioned Eric Cole, who I also like. Um, I think think it's, of course, where you can play vets, AP. So, I'll, you know, in addition to Justin Rose, I'll be looking at a little bit of Ryan Palmer this week. Um, I, I don't know what you think about that, but he's a Texas guy. Um, starting to show a little bit of form. Um, and we've seen him make three of his last four cuts here with the T6 come 2019. So, I'll give Ryan Palmer a look. Um, and you mentioned Andrew Putnam. I think there's a there's a really strong uh, carry over here, that just uh, that I noticed today between uh, Colonial and Pebble Beach. Um, Justin Rose won both places. Jordan Spieth won both places. Andrew Putnam's a guy that's played really well in both places. Um, you mentioned the course history with Putnam, so um, you might want to look at some crossover between Colonial and, and Pebble Beach when doing your research this week. But uh, but I like Andrew Putnam. I don't mind him at 7,100. Um, you mentioned Matt Neesmith. That's another name I had circled. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of ways that we can go. There's there's even some viable plays down into the sixes um, this week. But I really kind of like this uh, mid-7K range for me this week, Andrew. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of names that you can pop in there and grab uh, and get some value in there. You just got to pick your horses and or uh, pick the ones you're wanting to gamble on, right? Or the ones you're wanting to. That's not maybe not the right term. The ones you're wanting to uh, throw your dice in on those guys. Uh, you know, six um, K range, Joe. Um, see anybody you like down here? I'm trying to scroll down through here. What's crazy is uh, some couple of old school vets like Sabatini's had a lot of success here over the years. Uh, and that's because he's a great iron player, right? Um, so anybody out here you're wanting to – man, Kisner just keeps on getting lower and lower in his price range, isn't he? Yeah, man, I, I can't do kids. Um, well, I can't either. I'm just saying wow. Yeah, wow. yeah it's, 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 it's really amazing, uh, honestly. I mean, this guy that won not too long ago. To be all over, but I mean, you just you just can't touch him right now. I'm not sure what's up. I think there was some equipment changes, um, so I'm not really sure what's going on with kids, but not been able to get it going. Yeah, still gonna get um, Dylan Wu down here in the 6600 range. Uh, we gotta find some guys that can hit the ball straight. Yeah, uh, yeah so. I mean, I, I I like Dylan Wu, who you mentioned, um, player I've been rostering a lot this year. So I, I really like Dylan Wu at 6,600. Just kind of jump all over here, man. Michael Kim at 6,700. Another player I like, a guy I've been playing quite a bit, Ches Reevy. 
at sixty nine hundred. I think his game. He we, we know he's he's streaky. Not definitely not the longest guy in the world. But if he can get some putts going, I think he's dangerous. Um, had a T twenty seven here last year, so I like Ches Reeve at sixty nine hundred. Um, as I said, Michael Kim and Dylan Wu. I think you can give a look to Mark Hubbard, a guy that's made three straight cuts here. He's popped a little bit this year. Um, do you want to talk about vets? AP Jimmy Walker, a couple top twenties here in the last five years, and and uh, has flashed some form. Kind of kind of rediscovered his game this year a little bit. So uh, don't mind giving Jimmy Walker a look at sixty five hundred. And then just, you know, some guys that we're, we're aware of, guys that we know that can, can get hot. I, I want to trust in, in Sam Ryder and Patton Kazire. I mean, these are these are guys that we know can get going from time to time, um, but certainly not guys I want to count on. <clears throat> I will mention Carson Young, man. Um, just broke a, broke a record qualifying for the U.S. Open, and, and we've seen him play well recently. A, a Corn Ferry Tour graduate play well. And some PGA Tour events, kind of the lesser events, um, but but certainly a dude that's on fire. Um, this is going to be his course debut at Colonial, so you never know how that's going to go. But just wanted to toss that out there. Carson Young at sixty three hundred, um, kind of same thing with Chad Ramey, um, very erratic guy, but had a T twenty seven here last year. I like him on shorter golf courses. Um, so you know there there's some options down here. No nobody I really want to. Uh, put all my chips in the middle on, um, but guys, I, I think you can certainly throw in some GPP lineups and not feel too bad about this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Joe. Um, so I'm just going to go right it to you then. Who's your dark play of the week? Man, there are so many good ones. I forgot to mention Sam Stevens. Um, I don't know that the course fit's going to be great. He's at 7,100. I like him. I, I like him just as a player. I uh, don't know specifically this week that I love him, but he's a guy that's coming on. We want to keep an eye on in the future. Um, I'll say uh, Emiliano Grio. That's who I'm going with. That'll be my dart throw of the week. Mm. Um, he's erratic, coming off a really bad week at the PGA, but I'm I'm going to buy the dip here with uh, Grio. I'm a, I'm a believer in Byron's buddy. What about you, man? Who, who are you throwing your dart with? There ain't no telling what kind of money that man's thrown in the fire on Emilio Grillo. Just no return. Throw throw the bait on the hook and just come back with just a hook. You know what? That guy. For But um, I'm looking up an odd right now. Let's see. Oh, I can actually look it up over here. Let's pull this up, Joe. Let's look up a man that I think he's not played great this year. <laughs> Um, top 40. I feel, like we're, I feel like we're just about to come out of left field with this one. Oh, it's love, so far. I love it. So far out. It's so far. I mean, it's got to be in the fours or 600s. Um, I got so much stuff on my TV screen, Joe, or on my on my computer screen, trying to keep up with all this. All right, <clears throat> let's go to the very bottom. We're gonna find him. Tyler. What do you think, Joe? Who? 
<laughs> I can't find him. That's how bad he is. Um, 6,300. Tyler Duncan? Tyler Duncan. Tyler Duncan. I think he's 6,200, I think, 6, maybe. 6,200. There you go. Yeah. I can't find him on the odds board. That's how low he is. Tyler Duncan. <laughs> Only two to one to make the top 40? Ain't no way that's right. Got to be higher. Got to be higher than that, Joe. Eh, maybe not. Two to one to finish in the top 40. That's not bad odds, I guess. We're, we're going with it. Tyler Duncan. Tyler Duncan and Emiliano Grio. Tyler Duncan, two to one on uh, two to one and to finish top 40. I'm scared. I'm scared to ask where your heart's at, man. <laughs> Who are you going with on your heart play? I think, I think, um, you know, Colin hadn't played well this year, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we got a. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna throw like three or four names out there, but my, but my, but I'll end with my heart. I think coming down the stretch, you're gonna have uh, some Scotty Scheffler in there somewhere. Uh, I think Jordan will be close, but I don't know about winning. Uh, we got to think Tommy, uh, Colin, Justin Rose, and Colin Morikow wins this week. Colin Morikow is who you like. Great course fit, man. It's a really good course fit. Uh, you're not getting great odds, honestly, right? <clears throat> yeah, where's he at? Where's he at this week? Uh. 16 to one, maybe I, I'll look on the big board where I can read them all, but, um, golly, DraftKings, <laughs> DraftKings is offering a 200 point boost for block to make the cut. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of action on, on the Michael block cut bets this week. Which yeah. Is um, crazy. Morikawa, you can get a 16, eight, you might be able to find him at 18 to one somewhere. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a great fit, man. Uh, and he's so talented, hits yeah. the ball so well that you, you have to think one of these weeks putts are going to go. Um, you kind of just wonder, I don't know, this is getting a little narrative in kind of narrative street, but you kind of wonder what, kind of wonder what would happen if he'd have won that, the tournament of champions. You know, that huge collapse, the very first tournament this year. Kind of wonder what happens if he wins that thing and doesn't just uh, have that epic collapse. Seems like it's really affected him this year. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, and that's something we can't we can't put a number on statistically, but it just is that way. And you wonder if he wins that event and, and comes out of Hawaii with positive momentum, kind of what where he's at right now, but. Um, I'm gonna go Justin Rose, man. I'm, I've been on kind of a vet kick lately, <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I think Colonial's a good place to uh, kind of play these boys that have been around the block a time or two. And uh, Rose didn't do anything fancy, but he's, he's striping the irons. I mean, absolutely striping the irons. I think he's uh, his problem's been finding fairways, and I think he'll be able to do that this week. Man, he he he. That tournament last weekend was exactly like the uh, Masters that Hideki won. With Rose, no. could yeah. not hit a fairway. Made every putt, hit every iron. You know, <clears throat> I like another another number I'm gonna throw out there. You can get a uh, Jaeger a little better than two to one to make the top twenty. I, I like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, Jaeger's been playing well, man. Yeah, yeah. Justin Rose gained 4.6 strokes on approach last week, KP. Gained strokes with his irons in every start this year. Um, and, and just feels like he's kind of on the radar a little bit. I mean, I guess, you know, people don't like talking 40-year-old guys up. I mean, I get it. But the dude won at Pebble. We talked about that crossover. Uh, top 20s at the Masters, at Torrey. Uh, top 25 at, at the Heritage in that elevated field. Uh, obviously, a T10 last week or a T9 last week. Um, had a T6 at the Players. Um, so, the dude's, the dude's golfing his ball this week. Um, and, you know, I think he's the type of guy. We've seen him go on these runs, man, where he's just a top 10 machine. Um, are we back there? I don't know. Um, but I, I like taking my chances with Rosie this week. Yep. I like it too, Joe. All right, man. Uh, rotoballer.com. Uh, if you're going to get on there, use the premium package. Use our promo code TURN. Save you a little money. Joe Nicely, Andrew Putters. Thank you, rotoballer.com, for everything you do for us. Everybody, check out Knoxville Open this weekend. I uh, hope you uh, got some value from our show tonight. Uh, thank you, everybody. This is the Turn Fantasy Go- or Turn Golf Podcast. Already here, three in the lake. It's gonna drive.